Hey everybody, welcome to episode 47 of the Mendoza Line. My name is Cam, and in this episode I'm joined by the walking baseball almanac, uh, my good friend Nick Coates. And in this episode, we, uh, well, it's our fantasy draft special that we like to do every year. Um, This year we did it a bit differently. Instead of just broadcasting the entire two-hour draft, which is, you know, asking a lot of you, we broke it down into three segments um, kind of explaining what the league is about, what makes it unique, and kind of how uh, what our approach is to fantasy baseball, and maybe some of the guys we're looking at. Then uh, we spend some time talking about prospects and keepers and guys to look out for that uh, if you have a deep league or you have a dynasty league like ours, um, you should maybe pay attention to. And then uh, do a quick um, recap at the end of what our final rosters are. Guys, we're excited about seeing this season and um, really just kind of kick it off for uh, the newest season of baseball. So, again, thank you for listening. Check it out. If you're listening on Anchor, feel free to call in and share your thoughts and opinions on uh, the guys we're talking about. And enjoy this episode. What's up, Nick? Cam, how are you this evening? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm excited uh, to be here with you, uh, participating in our annual ritual of drafting baseball players onto our fake teams that they have no idea about. Yes, it's uh, a great American pastime, fun twist to uh, following, yeah, the game of baseball outside of your favorite team, so... Yeah, this is our our third year recording this draft. We're gonna do it a little bit different this year. We're not gonna record the whole thing, so don't don't worry, listeners. I know it's <laughs> riveting riv- riveting radio, but it's uh, stressful on ourselves as well trying to trying to do this draft. Yeah, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna kind of do this draft in a few segments just to give the listeners a, a kind of roadmap here. We're going to talk about uh, the beginning of the draft, kind of what we're hoping for. We'll get into later on in the show, uh, some prospects and deep keepers that we think are going to pan out well for us. And then at the end, kind of give a, a roundup of what happened. And, you know, hopefully along the way, you'll learn something perhaps if your draft is coming up in the coming weeks. Um, well, actually the season starts in like two days. So maybe your <laughs> draft is tomorrow. So never mind. For March blue. March flew by for sure. I know, right? Final four is already happening. By the way, hail, hail to the victors. I just want to say that. Um, so, Nick. Rock Chalk KU. There we go. Nope, I don't. Ew. Gross. Although, although if Michigan and Kansas meet in the national championship, I am going to be in a very, very uncomfortable position based on my proximity to Lawrence. Yes. I'm like 30 minutes away from KU's campus. <clears throat> yes, you will be... I would I would lay low there for a few weeks. <laughs> no, nope. Mason Blue all over. We get a body tattoo. All right, Nick. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to make my pick for the second round. Why don't you tell our dear listeners uh, how this league works and kind of uh, you know what makes it different from from other fantasy baseball leagues that we've participated in in the past? Yeah. So this is our <clears throat> I think fourth or fifth year in this league, but it's a it's more of a dynasty league as opposed to a lot of the redraft leagues that are more normal but in this league you get to t- you get to keep 10 players each year uh, based on draft round so it's advantageous uh, in this league to yeah be able to know your prospects and you know if you take them later in the draft there's a potential you could have them for most of their careers so I I got lucky and drafted 
like Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant a few years ago before they were big time players. And now, you know, hypothetically, I could keep them probably their whole careers because it just goes up run around each year. Um, so the cutoff is you can't keep uh, more than one. So if you have two guys that were drafted in the first round, you can only keep one of them in the first round the next year. But it's a fun, fun way to kind of build a roster kind of more realistically, uh, you know, because you're able to keep so many players each year. And, you know, the rosters are 25 deep, so you're not keeping the whole team, but you are 10 players is a, is a good chunk. So it's, um, so for me, it's been fun to have, you know, some guys, some guys like Rizzo and Bryant and Paul Goldschmidt. Um, yeah. Your team is stacked. I'm really not. Well, I finally okay with that. I had to let Miguel Cabrera go. Wow. Well, yeah, at the end of his at the end of his career, <laughs> that was a shrewd business move. So, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a kind of a unique twist on on things, but it's still fun too for because you have so many new guys too. So, I mean, we've got our we're drafting. This is four, fourteen teams, and everyone's drafting a team, but everyone keeps ten players. So, I think if we were redrafting with that many, it would take a long time. But because so many people kept. You know, play, there's 140 players off the board already. It goes a little bit quicker. Yeah, did you keep 10 players, Nick? I did. Yeah, so I uh, we're in the the second round now. I kept Goldschmidt in the first and Jose Quintana in the second. So I'm I'm not picking until the third round. So did you uh, did you just make your pick? I did, and I was not really pleased with who was available. Uh, I wound up taking Kenley Jansen, which I hate taking closers anywhere near the top eight rounds of a draft just because there's so much turnover at that position. Um, you did but, get the best one, though. Well, and that's kind of what I figured. I was like, if I'm going to pull the trigger on a closer, I might as well go for, you know, a top three guy. So, but my other, like Andrew McCutcheon was up there. Buster Posey was up there. Chris Archer was up there, but he's kind of hurt. Um, in his day to day, and his ERA was over four last season. Um, John, he was my pick for Cy Young. To you. Yeah, he, he was. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, John See, Segura was available, but I already have two shortstops on my roster. Which, by uh, the way, <clears throat> we need to do our. We're gonna have to do our preview episode next week. Um, because we're it's kind of crazy. It's snuck up on us, but the season starts Thursday, but. I think we can still do a, a, a preview with only most teams playing two or three games. Yeah, because that's like not even 2% of the season will have been finished by the time we did the preview. So I'm totally cool with that. Um, it's to make myself, yeah, look foolish again. Well, that's kind of the fun, you know, <laughs> is you could be totally right and look like a genius, or you could be very far off and, you know, crazy things happen. So, hey, real quick. Um, would you would you tell me who you kept in the listeners? Obviously, I'm very intrigued. Yeah. So in addition to Goldschmidt, Quintana, I kept uh, Trey Turner, Byron Buxton, George Springer, Chris Bryant, Gary Sanchez, Luis Castillo. That was a bit of a homer keep. Uh, Anthony Rizzo and then Nick Senzel, who was also a bit of a homer keep because I. I want him for his uh, career, if, if possible, because I think he's going to be really good for the Reds for a long time. So I would like to accumulate those stats on my own fake team. Well, as I said earlier, your team is uh, stacked. So 
Good for you. Uh, I kept Cody Bellinger, Rafael Devers, Ahmed Rosario, Mookie Betts, Charlie Blackman, Andrew Benintendi, Dansby Swanson, Eloy Jimenez, Garrett Cole, and Carlos Martinez. That is really, really solid. And they're all, outside of Mookie Betts, they're all kept either pick 12 or after. Bellinger is around 21 pick. Dansby Swanson's around 22 pick. Jimenez is around 25 pick. Garrett Cole, I think, is 13 or 14. Um, so I've got a lot of young guys that I've had for a few years that I've been holding on to, waiting for them to, uh, you know, get to the bigs and make it happen. So I think the next three to four years for this team, if I keep that core intact, is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of really solid players there. And, you know, Dansby is the only one that he had a really bad year last year. Mm-hmm. Easily bounced back. Eloy is, yeah, he's going to be, when he when he finally gets called up, I think that's going to be a really shrewd move to have kept him too. Well, and, and to your credit, you're the one. I He's my round 25 pick because I took him at the last pick of the draft last year, and I give full credit to you. <laughs> you're the one that turned me on to him. So, All right, so real quick, uh, one more question, and then we'll uh, move on to the next segment. What is your hope for the draft this year? Like, What are you looking to improve on your team, or what's kind of your strategy going into this year's draft? You know, I would love to say that I've spent hours thinking about that, <laughs> I'm just yeah I just enjoy these things and you know every single year I, I I'm a little bit biased to probably some younger guys that I because <clears throat> I enjoy following prospects especially some of the Reds younger guys I would love to get a hold of but I just like to draft players that I enjoy following on teams that I enjoy following and I don't know if there's a ton of strategy beyond besides uh, getting good players. I mean, I kept eight, eight offensive guys. So just, uh, you know, practically I need to draft some pitchers. So I'm hoping to get some, some good ones that uh, don't get hurt. That was, that was my issue last year. I had a lot of injuries. I ended up having to make a trade at the end of the year. I had, I had Syndergaard, but I had to get rid of him because he was hurt the whole year and, I needed pitchers, so I'm hoping to avoid that uh, this year. But yeah, it'll be that would be nice. But yeah, just in general, I just enjoy. Yeah, this is just a fun way for me to follow the game. So that's I guess that's my strategy. Well, it seems to be working out well for you. Uh, my strategy is uh, I too need pitchers. Um, eight of my ten keepers were uh, offensive players. So I need to bolster my pitching staff, but also trying to find value where I can. Um, it is, I, I, I tend to try and picture myself as the Billy Bean of this league, <laughs> which I realize is ridiculous, but hey. You are up on your round three picks. So it is. So with that, we will say uh, we'll catch you in the next segment with our talks on, uh, or our thoughts rather, on prospects and keepers in the league. So uh, talk to you in a second. All right. All right. It's been a few rounds since our last segment, and uh, it's time now, Nicholas. 
for us to talk about uh, prospects and kind of how they uh, fit into this league and uh, maybe some of the guys that we are um, uh, pretty excited about. So what do you say? Well, we, um, yeah, we're starting to see here a few prospects go. I, uh, I'm trying to be disciplined because mm-hmm. I want to, I enjoy the prospects and I, I like to take them probably a little too early, but I, uh, I just got my first couple, um, Lewis Brinson last round, um, which I, I really like him and he's playing for the Marlins now and should be, you know, playing full time. So ideally you get a prospect that is actually going to be playing when the, uh, when the season starts. So, I just got him, and then I got Alex Reyes in that last last round, who was a pitching prospect for the Cardinals, but he was out all last year, so I'm hoping for a rebound year for him as well. But yeah, prospects can be can be really hit and miss, um, but it's it definitely adds and can really help your team when you get a good one. So I uh, I've got a a few now with Reyes, Brinson, and now Senzel. So yeah, I. I think i'm off to a good start there how are you how are you feeling about yours well so i've kind of built my team on prospects so i entered this league um after it began i took over for a team that was not great and i have tried the slow approach of building youth and just kind of getting them late in the draft and, and riding them. So like I said earlier, like uh, Raphael Devers, Ahmed Rosario, um, Dansby Swanson, Garrett Cole, uh, Carlos Martinez, Cody Bellinger, Andrew Benintendi, Eloy Jimenez are all either, they're all after round 15. So I could theoretically have all those guys for pretty much their entire career. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I guess my um, – I really wanted Lewis Brinson, to be fair. I was quite upset when you drafted him. Um, Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it's all right. You know, I I wasn't really sure when the, when the unkept prospects were going to start flying off the board. I thought we would wait a few more rounds. But, again, with so many people keeping so many players, I suppose it makes sense for them to come off the board now. Um I wanted to take a couple too because I I have a string here of five rounds where I don't get to pick, so and that's I... that's a really good point that I had not considered. Yeah, I tried to write down the rounds in which I didn't have picks just in case I have a long stretch of not being able to pick and and then thinking that I could get a guy next round when I don't actually pick then. So that's just one aspect of this league that's kind of fun. Yeah, and I think too like. So the, I had my eyes on a few guys, um, and they've all they've all been drafted this far. Like my queue is empty right now, um, but I'm okay with that, I guess, because of how young the core of my team is. Um, that I don't I don't feel like I need to reload on on prospects every single year necessarily, like in bulk. But um, you know, I also picked up Ozzy Albies at second base, who is a very young. He's in the majors, so he's not a prospect anymore, but he's still really young. And Trey Mancini, the uh, first base slash outfielder for the Orioles, is again another young guy um, that I was able to pick up. So, um, but I, it is it is integral to uh, this league and the dynasty nature of it to always mm-hmm. have your ear to the ground 
uh, for who the you know the next coming studs are. So that's kind of that. Nick, where uh, where or how I guess should I say? Uh, how can listeners um, kind of stay up to date on who the upcoming prospects are and who they should keep their their eyes and ears out for if they're so inclined? Yeah, I think it's a fun aspect of the game, unique to baseball because other sports, it's college is more of the feeder systems into the pro, the pros. But baseball, I mean, you have these. We've talked about it before, but these extensive systems of players and a couple of sources I really like. Baseball America puts out a handbook every year that I like to get, and it goes in depth on each team's top thirty with write-ups. So that's. That's always a fun read just for I just I'm interested because I like to know kind of who is ascending in each team system, kind of who are the next stars of the, the league just for just to see them when they come up and to, to know them. And <clears throat> so that that's something you can pay. But also MLB.com, the uh, you can just Google MLB.com top 100 or top 30 and they have a site that you can see all the lists and they update them twice a year. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, but there's there's a lot of different people and sites that do this now because it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a niche interest for you know people like me who really enjoy that stuff. So yeah, it's uh, there's you can never uh, what do I want to say? The the pool is very deep when it comes to baseball. Uh, you know, you've got obviously the three tiers of you know triple a double a single a and then you've got the other you know lower a and you know all that sort of stuff um if you have the energy and the time you can know everything about all the peoples right nick (laughs) um maybe not and the thing to remember too what they always say these lists and these publications are just snapshots like it's constantly changing prospects get hurt they have bad years so there's no rhyme or perfect signs to it. You know, top prospects one year can flame out or, you know, guys that were not even ranked can ascend. So that's the, that's part of the fun of it. Um, different expectations and, and so on and so forth. But it's just fun, fun way to, to learn about some of the younger guys coming up and the next wave of talent coming up through the major leagues. So just on a quick personal note here before we uh, we move on in the draft, um, I live in the Kansas City area, and a few years ago, the uh, Kansas City Royals drafted with the fifth overall pick, Bubba Starling, who's from the high school of the town that I live in. Star, quarter- yeah. Star quarterback, he got a scholarship to Nebraska but turned it down to pursue baseball. And he is ranked 752nd, but he's having trouble with his oblique that ended his season last year at AAA. And uh, he's, he's, even, sh- he's not even a top prospect anymore. Yeah, he's kind of – he was the fifth overall pick, and he right. has faded from glory as far as the prospect pickers, uh, you know, are concerned. Yeah, he's, um, he's a great athlete. He can he can run he can field he has a good arm but he just can't hit and he's never been able to hit it's something that's never developed in him so pretty important part of the game that he can't do which is why he's fallen so he's just one of many which is why you know the MLB draft is a very inexact science in that regard yeah 
All right. Well, it is my pick. So I think for now we shall bid adieu and uh, we will catch up here at the end of the draft. Good luck. So our draft is now complete. How do you feel about it, Nick? Cam, it was it was pretty good. I felt like I got a lot of guys that I liked. I took a lot of reds there at the end. Some of their young pitchers, so I'm doubly invested now. But yeah, I feel good. You know what I feel even better about is that opening day is Thursday. That is hard to believe. Very hard to believe, but it feels good. How about you? Um, I actually feel very optimistic about this team. Um, not that it really matters, uh, but you know how you can like check on the standings based on like projected stats and last year's stats and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Draft. Based on projected stats, my team is going to win first place by 15 points. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, we know who the proverbial favorite is now. Well, like I said, it's not really worth basing anything on projected stats. That doesn't take into account injuries. It doesn't take into account reality, really. It's just a bunch of people who say this is what I think is going to happen. So, so, for, so far, listeners, I guess um, – what uh, who are some of your favorite picks of the draft? So they have some names to to go off of. Well, okay. So outside of the keepers that I obviously have kept, um, I'm excited about Ozzy Albies at second base. I'm excited about Ender and Ciarte in the outfield. Uh, Eddie Rosario in the outfield as well. Uh, Trey Mancini. I've never heard of him before, but. Uh, seemed like a decent pickup at the point in the draft. I also pick up David Dahl, uh, who's a prospect for the Rockies. Um, so I'm interested to see if him and or Eloy Jimenez come up this year. And if they do, what uh, what will happen? Um, but I think, uh, you know, I've got a couple guys on my pitching that could go up or down like Chris Devensky, Blake Parker and Dylan Batanzas that could be in Lance Lynn that could have good years or have just really not good years. Um, you so. definitely corner the market with those guys and Kenley Jansen and Earl just Chapman. Yeah. So if they do have good years, I might have a few trade pieces towards the end of the line. If people <clears throat> are desperate for relief pitching. So um, I just I feel like my team's really balanced um, as far you know offensively, um, and then pitching wise, I've got a couple solid um, starters, a couple solid relievers, and then you know a few guys that could, like I said, do great or you know tank. And if that's the case, I can I can offload them for whoever's hot. But I've never come out of a baseball, a fantasy baseball draft, feeling this like confident with. I've got a team that I think. Barring anything crazy happening, which will happen. So, you know, but at this point, I feel good about it. So we'll see how I feel after, you know, the first month. Yeah, I'm rooting for you to do well. So I actually, I came out of that draft with one relief, relief pitcher. So just one. 
different strategies. So I'm going to have to get another one eventually. But, yeah, I got Cody Allen from the Indians. But I just couldn't convince myself to take any others. But, yeah, I got got Jesse Winker (laughs) and Scott Kingery late, who I'm excited about and who should be uh, getting some really good playing time at the beginning of the year. And then I tried to just, pitching-wise, just take as many – pitchers as I could honestly so I took uh, some unproven guys like Tyler Molly and um, some other guys that are a little bit injury prone like Matt Shoemaker Garrett Richards Anthony DiSclefani but I'm just banking on those guys you know when they're when they're healthy they're good so I'm just counting on maybe one or two of them panning out and then Pitching is just tough with the injuries and guys come up, but I'm excited. I also took Justin Turner pretty late, but he, he's going to miss the first month or two. Yeah, but he was so good for me last year. Yeah. So, so for getting him as late as you did, that's very yeah. – If I can get him healthy after the first month, then – Yeah, that would be a very shrewd pick if that, if that works out. So we'll see, but that could also be a negative thing um, if they don't get healthy. So, but yeah, like I said, none of this really matters. Uh, there's lots of moves to be made, but what really matters is there's real games coming up. And spring, uh, in many parts of the country, has not arrived yet. <laughs> so the forecast looks optimistic at least here in northwest ohio for at least 50s so that that'll be you know definitely tolerable much more tolerable than the 20s and 30s we've had for the past uh, four months so hope is hope is just around the corner which is exciting it springs eternal so and so the next time we record um there will be real baseball teams with real wins and losses, which is exciting. Yep. And we'll do a, well, at least a somewhat of a preview and taking those games into account um, to kind of set the, set the plate or set the table of the season for our avid listeners. And uh, for us to be able to look back on at the end of the year, it's always one of my favorite things uh, just to see yeah, how off we were. And, you know, sometimes, especially with our World Series picks, we've been pretty on point with, especially the first year with the Cubs and um, with the Dodgers and some of the division winners last year. So, but like we know, great thing about baseball is there's a lot of unexpected things that are going to happen and I'm sure there'll be teams that'll surprise us uh, in both directions. So, Indeed, not one of them would be the Tigers. They're not going to surprise anyone this year. (laughs) Probably not, but that's okay. All right, well, until next time, Nick, uh, watch some baseball. Can't wait. See ya. podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast